eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 3, Fourth Down in the Steel City. I'm Adam Crowley. He's Colin Dunlap. Training camp at St. Vincent College. Fully under freaking way, baby. And we've got already quarterback controversy, Colin. How fired up are you? Totally, totally fired up. It's like an 11 on a 1 to 10 scale. Uh, By the way, you said episode 3. If we do like a bunch of years of this, are you going to say like this is episode 126? Like they do with um, those MMA fights and like they do with Survivor. They're on like year, I don't know, what is it? Season 917 of freaking Survivor? Um, Anyway, back to the question at hand. Um, I am excited for quarterback controversy as always because quarterback controversy sells. However, I didn't think the quarterback controversy would be Mason Rudolph outplaying everyone. This blows me away. Never, like, if you gave me a list of all the stuff to check off, all the possible options, Mason Rudolph outplaying the field is the longest shot of long shots. It's not even on the list. It wouldn't have been on the bingo card. There's no chance any of us saw this coming. It's only been a couple of practices, so we'll take everything with a grain of salt and simultaneously overanalyze everything because that's what podcast and radio and all this is about. But if Mason Rudolph were to be the best guy start to finish, end-to-end in camp, Colin, and then be the best guy start to finish, end-to-end in the preseason, can he win the starting job? If that were to happen, start to, you know, best guy, start to finish, whatever. Here, here's what would happen. Let, let me paint a picture for you. It would be because at that point, camp would move to the south side, right? Uh, so uh-huh. Mike Tomlin would be there and this Sullivan character and Matt Canada and Art would be there. Art would be nervous as hell, right? And they would have Mike Tomlin's office or probably Art's office at this point. And they, everybody would be sweating. It would be overlooking – the Rooney complex and everything, and they call him in. They'd send somebody down. They'd say, hey, uh, Rogers doesn't work there anymore. They'd get some, like, equipment guy. They'd say, hey, go get Mason. So they'd go get Mason Rudolph. They'd bring him up. He'd say, so they'd sit him down. It'd be like a godfather scene. 
and Art would swing around and he'd go, you know, yeah, it's great what you did, but we all got to get a hold of ourselves here. We, I know you went 17 for 17 in that last playoff game or that last preseason game. And I know you threw for three touchdowns and I know you were terrible or, or you were wonderful. Can't let you be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers to start the season. And Mike Tomlin would just sit there and go. <laughs> just shake his head. And Matt Canada was like, and this Sully guy's like, I just don't know how they could have a conversation the other way, even if he was so good. Like, you know, you were great. Put together a body work. Let us hand you the controls to one of the historic franchises in the National Football League. Here you go, Mason Rudolph. After everything we already know about you and seen that you have seen that you can't do, that's just the part I can't get over. And I we, agree. Can I we mean, have a reclamation project in one preseason? No. I mean, to me, what you're able to do now is only part of the equation. And what you were unable to do before carries a lot more weight to me because Mike, Sol uh, Mike Tomlin excuse me, says it all the time, it was done in stadium. And I know Chase Claypool just recently said that everyone's sleeping on Mason Rudolph. His accuracy is outstanding. It wasn't all that outstanding when he was bouncing a pass to Ray Ray McLeod in the end zone against the Detroit Lions. Like, that matters to me. So I don't know that there's any way that he could play himself into the starting job. But if I'm a Steelers fan, and I am, so I'll just say it that way, uh, I do Yeah, not well, it's nice that people are sleeping on Mason Rudolph. But if you're betting on Mason Rudolph, you're going to be sleeping under the David McCullough Bridge or whatever the right. hell it is. That's right. I, it's just you can't you – can, he can do whatever he wants right now. He can do whatever he wants in the preseason games. I just – He's Craig Monroe in the preseason. He's the guy that hits all the home runs. And whenever the team comes north, I just don't believe it translates to being that good guy in real games. We also haven't seen him in contact in training camp. I mean, there's no bodies around him. It's, it's all playing football in shorts. And I think his biggest problem, let's get technical here, Colin. Oh, yeah, let's get technical with this. I think he always has trouble stepping into his throws. He's afraid to move up in the pocket, it seemed at times, Mason Rudolph. So right now, yeah, of course it's freaking easy for Mason Rudolph because he's not worried about getting hit. He's not worried about having to do any of those things. So it shouldn't be all that shocking, I guess, that he's doing well. I just would like to see Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett doing well as well. And now I'm concerned about this non-quarterback battle that we are not having. We were supposed to have a battle between Pickett and Trubisky. Now we're having one between Rudolph and Trubisky. Kenny Pickett's not getting any snaps and seven shots. And I don't understand how that could possibly be the case, Colin. Steelers are botching this. I'm just being frank here. The Steelers are botching this. This is a guy that was sold to us all the way back. And they do this to everybody, but Mike Tomlin calls him up. How'd you like to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? Man, you're the future of the quarterback position here in Pittsburgh. Kenny, we're glad to have you. All right, it's a second practice. And that guy that they just just felt so sure about, and there were reports they would trade up for if need be. Remember that. The guy that they felt so sure about can't even get one snap in a drill in which they have billed to us for years. 
as being so ultra important to build um, red zone, not Heinz red zone anymore, red zone continuity and red zone sort of uh, relationships that is so pivotal to scoring points. It's early. We're in the uh, overreaction business. We're especially in the overreaction business when there aren't games going on. But that said, if you're Kenny Pickett, how do you stand there? If you're his agent, how do you stand there? If you're somebody that thought Kenny Pickett was going to be a part of this football team and a big one, how do you stand there even the second day of practice when you're watching other people do these drills and say, wait a minute, so you said all that nice stuff about me, but I don't even get a chance to throw one ball in this? Something's freaking wrong, man. I'm wondering what the Steelers think they have to lose by letting Kenny Pickett take part in that drill. Like, there's no rule that says it has to be seven shots. It could be 10 shots. It could be 15 shots. Who's to say? Why has it got to be freaking seven? Why can you only do four with Trubisky and three with Mason Rudolph and you can't throw Kenny Pickett a bone and get the first team back out there against the first team defense? I don't understand it. And, yeah, I guess the the logic would be probably from their point, well, you want to bring Kenny Pickett on slowly. How are you? How are you aiding him in not letting him take some lumps if he were to even take lumps in a seven shots team drill? I just don't understand the logic with any of this. And I put this out on Twitter, and I got absolutely murdered for it. I thought that I would call in, but if you were going to give a quarterback a friggin' red shirt year, right? Kenny Pickett's big selling point was supposedly this guy's the most NFL ready guy. Okay. Well, now he's not going to play, at least to me. Right now, through a couple of practices, it looks like he's not going to be given a chance to play. He's going to redshirt. If that's the case, why didn't you draft a player with higher upside like Malik Willis, give that guy the redshirt year, teach that guy about playing quarterback in the NFL, and use a first-round pick on somebody that can help the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, today, and into the future? That's what I would have done if I was going to give these guys uh, a quarterback a redshirt year to begin with anyway. I don't mind the Kenny Pickett pick. I don't. But I fashion myself a decently smart guy. Yes. And you can't rook a rook. Like you can't, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, you, you can't fool me. So don't lie to me. Just don't lie to me. If you're redshirting him, you're redshirting him. Tell the general public you're redshirting him. If you want to tell us it's a true quarterback competition, and that's what you told us. You can't have drills where the guy's being excluded because then it doesn't lend itself to him getting a fair shake. I don't think he's going to win the job anyway, but I think he can win the number two job and should win the number two job. And if you're having a true competition, have that true competition. If you're not, it's fine if you want to redshirt him. Although I don't like that because he's as old as George Burns. You don't need to redshirt Kenny Pickett. But all that said, just don't lie to me. Don't lie to us. Tell us what the hell you're doing. If you I don't agree with the tactic, but if you came out and you said, you know what, the best thing for the long-term viability and health of our franchise is for Kenny Pickett to kind of hang around. Mitch Trubisky is a perfect example of that. He sat last year, he learned behind somebody, and bang, his stock went through the roof. And now he's our starter pretty much, right? You want to just be frank about it, say it. But don't act like it's a quarterback competition if it isn't. Our guy Ben Tenuto was at training camp. He does all the videos for 937 the fan and 937thefan.com. And he had some great crowd shots. And Colin, I saw one guy who wasn't wearing a shirt. I saw another guy who had his face painted. And let me tell you something. If you are painting your face, if you are going shirtless, 
to Steelers training camp. My God, is that dedication? What is, what word would you use to describe that? I like it. Were there any women with the shirts off? No. Okay. Or maybe the camera didn't pan hard enough. Uh, anyhow, I like it. I don't mind it. Now, the shirt off guy, you know, I actually enjoy the chubby, chunky, obese, big shirt off guy more because that's kind of a, a lifestyle for that guy. I don't need the muscular shirt off guy. There's a time and a place for him. That's at the beach. A training camp shirt off guy is a lineman type guy. Give me that guy. Um, it is dedication. I think we need to remember because uh, they're due. Uh, what I read, I think one of the practices over the weekend, they're expecting like 15,000 people right. at, uh, at St. Vincent. But there's a lot of those 15,000 people, or at least a good portion of those 15,000 people, who they can't because of cost or they can't because they can't secure them. They just don't get into what's a place, Accusure, whatever the hell Yeah, whatever called. they call it. Yeah, they can't get in there. So this is their game. This is their game day. I saw a couple in the Post-Gazette, the pictures of them. They were all painted up. They had those wigs on. They were, you know, and then I saw pictures from Washington, whatever their team's called, commandos, whatever. There were they, two people, two fans. So as much as people want to rag <laughs> on fans or say this is their World Series at, uh, up somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Westmoreland County, I actually love the dedication. I love that it is – and I'm not trying to be Chamber of Commerce for them. They don't need me. But I – that it envelops us and it is i mean you've been there a million times how close you can get to the real players yes. like that's something to me i used to say it all the time but i would have paid to go and watch antonio brown practice how good he was at training camp and he would fire up the crowd and he'd score touchdowns and he'd you know wave his hands in the air and there's nothing like that night practice being on the bus and sometimes the media goes on the bus with the players and you're driving through town, and everyone's got their Steeler flags, and it means a whole great deal to them. And, yeah, it is expensive to go to football games. Wherever you're going to football games, college games, NFL games, sometimes high school games, it's getting expensive. So, yeah, people want to go to these. That's great. Painting your face for training camp, though, I don't know. I don't know about that. You think it's over the top? I think it might be a little bit. I love your point, though, about muscular guy. You don't want to be too showboaty. So muscular right. guy doesn't take the shirt off, but fat guy, like the guy in Jacksonville who wore the hard hat the one time last year. Oh, yeah, Ed Vega. That's our guy. He's been that's in the, the Pittsburgh. Guy. He's been in the studio. Great guy. Great, great man. You know he works on the railroad. Those are real um, Those are real overalls. Those are real railroad overalls. Yeah, he works for the railroad. He works on Union Pacific Railroad, Ed Vega. They still do railroad stuff? I did not know railroads even existed, really. You've never seen a freaking train? Like out on the road driving? Good point. I've seen the T call it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Look at you. Johnny kind of suburbanite. That's what Mount Lebanon Mount Lebanon is suburban light. I know. I, I can't believe I just said railroads don't exist. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. Very good. Choo choo. You know who's not getting on the moving train? We'll Hold tell on. you next. Uh Ladane, and look what's that guy's name? Mark Martavius. He got on the moving train like eleven times last year. Martavius Bryant. Um, the, the, the lineman. Barkevius Mingo. Okay. I'll tell you who's not getting on the moving train next.
in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Montrevious Adams. Bartavious Mingo. What the hell are you? T- Mingo Junction. Now that could be a railroad place. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. We do our show, the fan morning show. I produce. You're the star. And we do it every single day. We get up at 3 a.m. And on Friday when we record the pod- podcast, I don't know. I'm not very smart anymore at that point, Colin. So I'm just happy there's two of us here so we can navigate these rough waters together. And then when I say stupid things like Barkevious Mingo, you can yell at me and keep me on the straight and narrow. How about Deontay Johnson? This cat's not practicing in the team drills. And I know some people are up in arms, and I know it's very me and not very team. I don't have a problem with him thinking that's what's best for him. I don't agree that that's what's best for him. But I'm never going to begrudge a guy for doing what they think that they can to make as much money as possible. You tell me why, and I'm not questioning, well, I kind of guess I am by phrasing it like that. I'm questioning you, not because I disagree with you, but I want to hear your whole argument before I disagree or agree with you. Do you think it's a bad business decision because he's not getting work with people, essentially, who he didn't work with before? Who are these quarterbacks who are getting infused? Do you not think it's a good business decision because he's not showcasing his talents? Uh, give me a layer deeper before I respond to you, if you would, please. And it's like an inquisition. I'm sorry. But but you tell me, Adam. Well, I'm going to get on this moving train. I think that the Steelers have proven throughout the years that they're pretty adept at identifying, drafting, and developing receiver talent. There's a guy on the roster right now in George Pickens who's blowing everyone away. A lot of folks – that were draft experts said if he had not been injured, maybe he would have been the first wide receiver taken. I think the Steelers have a potential superstar there, so there's that. I think the wide receiver market is off the flipping chain. I don't know that I would ever pay a guy over $20 million a year or 18 to $20 million a year. I think the Steelers would need to see a truly special player to do that. I think in order for Deontay Johnson to get paid, he needs to show up, develop a rapport with Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, whomever's going to be the starter on day one, put together a great season, a consistent season, and dominate. And if he does that, maybe the Steelers franchise him, maybe the Steelers give him a long-term deal, or maybe he just goes out on the free agent market and makes the money then. I don't think the Steelers are going to pay him before the season starts, and I think he's hurting himself by not getting an opportunity to work with those quarterbacks. Okay, I, I, I can buy all that. I can understand all that. I think that the I think that the biggest point in all that is cohesion, um, if if that makes sense to you, is the, the working with one of the new quarterbacks. I'll buy that. I'll get that. But I wonder how quickly that can be brought up to speed. That's the only part that I buy, though, because we know what his talents are. I don't buy any sort of and you didn't make this point, but I don't buy any point where people try to compare him to T.J. Watt or Mika Fitzpatrick and he needs to be that good a player in order to do this. No, he needs he's just a player who's trying to maximize his value. So that's independent of those two. But I can buy the whole developed cohesion with quarterbacks you haven't worked with all that much. I'll, I'll buy that to some degree. I'll also buy this. Very rare. I think of Teddy Bridgewater or someone like that. 
that you go out and practice and you just blow your freaking leg out in what seems like an innocuous practice. And even if the chances are 0.0001% that that happens, you go from making 18 to $20 million, even if it's with another team, to a big fat zero potentially or half yeah. of that on something where you feel as if right now your role is pretty cemented on this football team. You're the number one receiver. Well, to that point, first of all, I saw Senquez Golson blow out his knee stepping in a divot at St. Vincent College once. Totally unfortunate. Could happen to anybody. So I get that. I also, I guess, play devil's advocate on myself a little bit here because if Deontay Johnson shows up game one, September 11th against Cincinnati, and from that point forward, didn't get better, but is the same guy he was last year, he's still making between 18 and $20 million. I mean, he is. Now, I think he can maximize that value even more if he develops a rapport and has a tremendous season. But if he goes out there, doesn't get better, totally plateaus, given the market, yeah, he's still probably getting a nice pay bump there between 18 and 20. And you brought up a really interesting thing I thought on the Fan Morning Show the other day. Nobody knows what he's asking for either. What if he just wants a year bridge deal or or a two-year bridge deal, something like that? Hey, I'm making $3 million right now. I know you guys don't want to pay me market value because I'm under contract just get throw a couple shekels my way yeah I, I you know I'm not I think that that would be probably not the norm but we don't know exactly what he wants of course he's probably trying to break the bank but we don't know what he'd accept the one part of this too that I think is not talked about enough because a lot of people talk about the same stuff so I like to try to look at things from a different vantage Deontay Johnson to this point was never some sort of fan favorite you know, this isn't Heinz Ward holding out. So I think that people are cemented in how they feel about the guy. Oh, he drops the football so much. Oh, I think that even if he has a good game or a good couple runs runs of games or uh, a good run of games, I should say, or even a good season like he did last year. When you look at the numbers, he really did have a good season. It's always undersold here because of the drop problems that he did have prior. So it's not like he's losing face in the court of public opinion right now because a lot of people don't think he's really as good as he is in Pittsburgh. At least that's my opinion here. A lot of people undervalue him in Pittsburgh anyway. So for him, it's like, what the hell? Are people going to be mean to me? They're not even nice to me to begin with. They don't really think I'm that good. Internally, it doesn't seem to be an issue at all either. As Cam Hayward came out and he right. said, "Yeah, we don't, uh, we don't really care about this. We're just here to play football." And Mike Tomlin, of course, always saying the right things to sweep that stuff under the rug. I'm interested to see how these rookie wide receivers play too. With uh, Kendrick, not Kendrick Green. Why do I always do that? That's he might I, be a better receiver than center. Well, he doesn't. He didn't like playing center last year. I wonder right. if you'd ask him if he'd rather play wide receiver, Colin. But um, with George Pickens, I was so – I was so. here's what happened there. Let me take you behind the curtain, Colin. Right, let's get, this is great. Come on. Yeah. So I was so worried about calling him Kenny Pickett, yeah. George Pickens, that I looked down at my sheet to make sure that I got the name right because I didn't want to say Kenny Pickett. And I looked down and what do I see is the next thing I'm going to bring up is, is Kendrick Green. So there you go. But George Pickens, the video, man, this dude's out there. He's doing all kind of crazy stuff. Looking like A.B. He is. Wearing he is 84. A helicopter, though. No, but he wore 84, which is something. Um, again, I'm I'm normally the rush to judgment guy. 
But with these young receivers, we've seen young receivers make great catches at camp before, and then they stink. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but I want to see – I want to give it a little bit of time and see what it is, not seven on seven. You know, I want to see what it is when people start getting hit and when you get pressed at the line of scrimmage and when it really counts. I think they'll be pretty good, but I'll take my chances this year. Deontay Johnson's going to be really good and better than – and nobody's going to overtake him. Before we get into a Ben Roethlisberger topic that interests me greatly – Can I ask you a question? I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I was thinking about this as a fun question. If you right now had a kid who is like three and you do, right? How old your daughter? Two and a half. Yep. And you had to buy a Jersey right now that that kid is going to wear for two, three years. Who would you buy? Is Najee the no brainer or do you go somewhere else? Like, because let's talk this through for a minute. You don't, you could buy Kenny Pickett. He might not be the freaking quarterback. You could buy Mitch Trubisky. He might not be the quarterback. Fryermuth seems safe, right? Najee, he might only be a one-contract guy, and then you're left with a Deuce Staley jersey. Like That's right. Um, Devin Bush, no. You could go Minka, probably, but Minka doesn't say two words. We don't know anything about him. I think you know. I think you know who it is. It's Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward. I was going to say Christian Kuntz, but uh, Cam Hayward. <laughs> Cam Cam Hayward's got to be it, or TJ Watt, right? Yeah, I think so. I here. I don't like the white linebacker thing, though. Like, I can't. I can't bring myself to get the white linebackers jersey because it's too cliche. Pittsburgh Steelers fan gets a, a jersey of a linebacker who's white and really good. Jack Ham, Jack Lambert. Just, I can't. Jerry Olsavsky, yes. Jerry yeah. Olsavsky, John Fiala, yes. Uh-huh. Does Jerry Olsavsky strike you as the kind of guy who would wear his own jersey just around town because he's that kind of kooky guy? No, but Jerry Olsavsky strikes me as the kind of guy who would wear a polo shirt and a cowboy collar neck roll. <laughs> <laughs> so your answer is Cam Hayward as well? Um. Well, I don't know because he's a great he's, young man. He, I can't find a lot wrong with Cam Hayward. No. So it probably is Cam Hayward. Although I was faced with this conundrum, and it's not really a conundrum, just a choice, not long ago with my daughter, and she went with TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt gets a lot of juice with the kids. I think that's the guy, TJ Watt. And the ladies. My wife is a well, big TJ Watt fan. If you flipped it and you had to say, how about this? You just had to buy an offensive player. I guess by default, it's probably got to be Najee. No fan, no, no fan of Dan Moore Jr. They're calling. There's no lineman. Like in the past, you could get the Castro. You could get Pouncey. You could even get Ramon. Like you knew when that line was intact and together, there were some guys. All the chubby white guys that were like, oh, you know, this is the way we use. They, they get the Castro. Oh, he's analytical. He's smart. You know, the Maulers and the mean, nasty. They'd get pouncy Villanueva. Right? Oh, the veterans. They'd get Villanueva. Yeah. You know, no brainer. But now, I don't. if you had to buy an offensive player's jersey. Honestly, Colin, I think Pat Fryermuth might be the guy. Because Najee Harris, I think, is the more dynamic player right now. But I don't think he's going to be here very long. I think his, his body's going to give up on him because that's the way the running back position is. I would I would bet very good money 
one of the two of those guys is going to be here 10 years, I'd say it's Pat Fryermuth. And you know what? I'm not even afraid to say that. I think that's pretty much a lock. So there you go. Because you can't get any of the receivers. The, the rookies, they might be good, but who knows? Deontay Johnson, he might be getting paid with the, I don't know, who with the Bears or somebody in two right. years. Uh, just a dumb topic that I thought of. There's more dumb topics, Colin, to come in segment number three as we have got fan questions. We'll get to those in one minute, but before, I don't feel like talking about Kendrick Green now because, for God's sakes, I mean, Lyman. Will Ben Roethlisberger, Colin, ever go away? Or is he going to inject himself into our brains time after time after time over the course of the next however many years he's alive? Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Segment three, fourth down in the Steel City. Colin Dunlap, will Ben Roethlisberger ever go away, or will he continually inject himself? into Pittsburgh discourse over and over again until he eventually shuffles off this mortal coil. Um, I, you know what? I think he'll go away for a little bit. I think right now he's still in the afterglow of being the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. I think that he looks at this situation. He says, oh, people remember me. Man, I was just a quarterback. Like, yeah, I am. They want me to throw out the first pitch. Saw how that went at BNC Park. All of that. Uh, everything like that. And yeah, I'm still a hot ticket item. I think maybe 18 months from now, or so, two years from now, he'll say, man, sure, I'm still the, I'll do some national rounds and things, but uh, yeah, I'm going to get away from it for a little bit, see how it is. Then I think he'll make a comeback like a decade from now. Yeah. And, and be a character didn't we see this with Bettis? He kind of was in the forefront right away. Sort of kind of disappeared now. And then I think when he becomes an old man, he'll come back some. How bad was Heinz Ward at television? Holy shit. There was only one person ever worse than Heinz Ward at television. Oh, can I guess? They, go ahead. And they just so happened to be on the same broadcast. Not Rodney Harrison. Not together at different times. Remember where Heinz Ward started? Where did he start? I thought he did good, good night football or good night football well, in America. He was somewhere now. else first, wasn't he? I'm Just sure he was. Where was it? Fredo Collinsworth was the oh. only one that was worse. Remember, didn't Heinz do a couple Notre Dame games to yeah. get him a little bit, a little bit feet wet? I might be wrong there, but the only person that's ever been worse on television has. Dennis Miller doing Monday Night Football is bad. bad. But that Collinsworth guy, the jock or Jack, whatever Joe, whatever the hell his name is. I think it's spelled like Jock Peterson or whatever. It, no nepotism involved. Not at but all. He is the worst person in a high-profile job in the country. And we don't, I don't need any political emails. But he is the worst person in a high-profile job in this country that I can't believe has it. 
that just Notre Dame football is a gigantic entity and a gigantic job on Saturdays, getting that job with NBC. And it was just like, oh, you're Collinsworth? There you go. You can have it. Uh, it's lost on me that he's that guy. I think that his dad's good. I I do. I, a lot of people don't. I really do. I think he's great, in fact. But Jack, Jock, whatever Collinsworth, I almost made a rhyming joke there. That guy, his voice sounds like his dad's, but he has nothing else. Whose voice would you want, even if you couldn't have their talent? I don't know. I think maybe we're probably pretty content with our own. No. Uh, whose voice would you want, even if you couldn't have their talent? Probably Sam Elliott. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a damn good one. Right? That's a pretty I, good one. I'd want to be Morgan Freeman, but I guess his, his voice is his talent. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good idea. Yeah, right. there you it's are. I think Ben will continue to inject himself, by the way. Tell me more. Tell me more. I think he, he can't stand not having the shine. Uh, whenever the Steelers would lose games, right, he would always say, oh, it was my fault. I'm the quarterback. But he would do it in a way that you knew he was just being a jerk about it and doing it just to, because we he knew we expected him to say that. And then sometimes they'd win games and he wouldn't even be a part of them. Like when Michael Vick was throwing balls to Marcus Wheaton in San Diego, and he would say, yeah, I drew that one up on Juju Smith-Schuster's chest. He'd limp after games. He would always make everything about him. And I just don't think you ever turn that off. Like if you're a narcissist, and I do think he is, I just, no don't, way. I just don't think that you ever turn that off. I don't think you can ever get out of the spotlight. And recently he said he has been flirting with getting on social media. You but here's and on social friggin' media. That all changed though. That all changed though. That's the thing I think. I think that all changed Wednesday afternoon. Whenever he didn't, he didn't get his invitation yanked, but he was told you need to RSVP by mm. Cam Hayward, pretty much. Mm. I think that all changed a little bit. That was like, okay, we know who you are. Two-time Super Bowl champion, quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you got to check in before you park your car. You don't just have a spot anymore. Like, that's what it felt like to me. That's a great point. Uh, Cam Hayward basically said, piss off, old dog here. We got this thing going. I do wonder how Ben reacts whenever it's not guys that he played with before. I, I wonder if he will feel emboldened then when Cam's gone, when TJ's gone, when Mike Tomlin's gone, maybe even, although he's going to be like a Supreme Court justice. You just wonder. Or if what if it's sense. seven years from now and George Pickens is a star, four years from now and he's a star, and he goes, man, I don't even, I don't even know who Ben Roethlisberger is. Like, you, not that that well, – that's a little you know hyperbole, but some of these dudes are much more impressed – by, um, I don't know. Some of these guys are much more impressed by Trevor Lawrence than they are by Ben Roethlisberger. It's just by aging out. Eventually, guys don't know who, who played before them. Uh, and it's always surprising to me the number of people who think that the players who play on the current team have a deep understanding of the history of the team before they got here. I think that the Steelers do a fair enough job at trying to preach that because there is supposed to be a culture and a tradition. But hey, uh, everyone's got their own appetite for it. Well, you want to get like case in point. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who think SEC football started when Peyton Manning was the quarterback at Tennessee. 
you know, uh, there was a lot of SEC played before that. That's right. It, you know, it's it's fact. Um, it, you date yourself by who your contemporaries are, and some people don't don't look back. They they just don't. Are you ready to go over some listener questions? Listener plural. Listeners, baby. Jeez, yes, let's go. What a groundswell of um, uh, of interest for this podcast. Let's go. Yes, fourth down in the Steel City. Listener input, feedback, what do we got? Well, I'm going to go in reverse order of how I find them to be interesting. Uh, one was a guy asking for hair advice, so we'll do that one last. And maybe it's actually because I forgot to pull it up and I'm now searching for it and filibustering. Okay, Colin, Sue6342 tweets, one Steeler nobody talking about now, but we'll be talking about by the end of the year. One Steeler no one's talking about now, but we'll be talking about by the end of the year. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to say this. Mason Cole is going to have a really bad year, or excuse me, a really good year. In Boswell's going to fall back and have a bad Oh, year. man. You dirty dog. You took mine. Chris Boswell was totally mine. I'm not even kidding. In, in what way? Positive or negative? Negative. No one's talking about him right now. But he he, does, he wants to get paid. He hasn't gotten paid. And he's been so good. Eventually, he's going to be so not good at some point. So Boswell is going to be my guy. I'll think of another guy. Nobody's talking about Alex Highsmith now. But people will talk about Alex Highsmith at the end of the year because I think Colin, he could have double-digit sacks. He could. Other oh, pretty good players on that defensive line. Okay, I got more questions here. Sure. This one from Bill in Shaler. This was an email. An email sent to me. Yeah. All right. Excluding the Super Bowl teams, worst and best Steelers teams you ever watched. Well, the worst team. Had to have been, I don't know. I was, I was probably what eight or nine, probably with the Mark Malone teams and Frank Pollard and in through that a really awful team in through there. Um, one of the mid eighties years, you'd have to yeah. look up the record, but that was just they had no chance. I remember staying up. I do remember this. Staying up, I had a little TV in my room. It was not black and white. It was colored, but you had to change the things. I had a cable box on the top, and it had rabbit ears. I rem- And I just got cable in my room. And I remember staying up real late because Lou Lips was in the Pro Bowl, and he returned a punt. And that was when they were wearing those, like, red jerseys and their own helmets. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. AFC red jerseys. It was the year – one of the years Lou Lips made the Pro Bowl, they were freaking terrible. Uh, but I remember that. And I remember getting – I remember getting Frank Pollard's uh, football card from his Sharpsburg policeman when they used to hand out football cards. So it was right around that vintage. They were bad. They I, maybe they went six and ten, or uh, you know five and eleven or something. The uh, Sharpsburg Police Department handed out more to Louis Lips uh, than baseball cards, probably. Well, that was the city of Pittsburgh police That's on Mount right. Washington when he wanted to do his Alameda Tayamu impersonation. He was just celebrating getting into and then subsequently not getting into the Steelers Hall of Honor. When we find it more appropriate, we'll have those ceremonies, Art the Two said. Continue. Yes, he uh, he did say that. 
the worst team I saw, I mean, this this will really date me. I mean, I'm 31. I mean, this is how good the teams have been, uh, even when they've been bad. I mean, it has to be 03 when they went 6-10 and 10 before drafting Roethlisberger. And it's funny you mentioned staying up late. I remember it was snowy as hell in Pittsburgh, but the Steelers were out playing the 49ers on some Sunday night football game. And Plexigo Burris was lying on the ground. It looked like he died, and Heinz Ward ran over. And it was because Plexico Burris bit his tongue in the midst of a play. So I remember that, but that Steelers team was bad. The that, best- that wasn't whenever the lights went out a couple times. That was a different time in San Francisco, right? Yes, different time. Different time. Gotcha. Continue. Yeah, that was the Tebow year that the yeah, lights Oh, out. you're right. You're right. Because Ben got hurt. He was all messed up. Um, the best team ever that didn't win a Super Bowl that I saw with my two, two eyes. I mean, 01 was pretty freaking good. The way that they played defense and ran the ball, 13-3, and three, Cordell Stewart, Offensive Player of the Year, and Jerome Bettis just, blah, 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 just blowing people over. That team was pretty freaking good, and they lose to the Patriots who cheated. That That's the one I was going to say. That was a no-brainer, I think. And you talk to guys on that team, and they'll tell you it was just – I mean, you know, you talk to, talk to men on that football team and ask them what they thought about the play calls and ask them what they thought about – New England knowing things before it happened. That was just wild. It's kind of a big deal. Uh, Bill Belichick wouldn't do it if it didn't friggin' work. Okay. I have two more, but one we can roll over to next week because I feel like we might have to spend some time on this. And by the way, check out the Twitter account, Fourth Down in the Steel City. Uh, You can check me out on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. What are you, just at Colin Dunlap? Underscore. Colin underscore Dunlap. Colin underscore Dunlap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would, have, would have thought I would know that. So hit That's us up right. on Twitter, ask us some questions. We'll bank them and we'll get to them in the third segment of this year podcast every week. This from Bill. He's very nice. It's at fourth down steel, by the way, for the uh, Twitter account of the podcast. He says, Bill Battistone. Yeah. First off, I'm glad you guys are doing this. You're both two of my favorite listens on the fan. See, you got you to gotta throw the compliment in there. Non-Steeler-related question. As a 33-year-old man, I recently saw an unflattering picture of my hairline, and so I made the decision to go full bald guy, shaving razor all over the head. Any advice from Colin on how to be a bald guy? Just lean all the way in, wear a hat more, lotion after shaving, need some help, not sure who else to go to. Also, how do I prevent my friends from comparing my head to male genitalia as Adam is privy to do? Wow. A lot there. There's a lot to chew on. Plenty there. Plenty there. First of all, yeah, lean into it. Second of all, you got to shave it often with a good straight razor. Like a good razor, not like a Bic disposable. You got to get a good razor that you buy. And you got to do it often. I do it right as soon as I get out of the shower. Heavy shaving cream. That's the move. Go front to back in straight lines. Then you have to get the move where you go... With the uh, with the um, mirror turn around, looking into the mirror hand mirror that is looking into the big mirror, so you can get the make sure you don't miss any spots. Last thing you do, fold your ears forward and get behind your ear, holding the hand mirror to make sure you got those little you get the little shrubbery you get around the edges there. But that's my move. Uh, you do it. I have to do it twice a week normally because the longer it gets the more nicks I found that I get. Mm. So you got to keep it moving. But the key is not gel. 
old school like Barbasol shaving cream, like cream, shaving cream. Get that on your head while it's a little bit wet, not all the way dripping wet, just a little bit wet and straight lines on your head and bang. And as far as a hat, I don't know if you want, yeah, if not, it doesn't make a difference. And who the hell cares if you're married, what your friends think? Bang. That's what I'm calling. What a freaking answer. And I have one more qu- a follow-up question, in fact, for you on this. The sure. first times you decided to shave your head, probably a bitch and a half to do it, right? And now you probably do it like you're not even – you probably don't even have to think about it anymore. I won't do it drinking. I won't, I won't cross that line, uh, right? <laughs> but I can do it – I could do it with my eyes closed, sure, except around the ear part. The first time I did it, I'm trying to think. You know, it, it came about because I was just tired of going and getting my hair cut. And I was like, eh, you know, I could do this. And why am I paying 26 bucks or whatever for something that someone could do? Or someone that, or something that I could do, excuse me, at home. Why am, I, why am I farming this out? As for testicles and bald guys looking like testicles, that's not true. Not all bald people look like testicles. I just mentioned that Chris Muller looked like a, a testicle whenever he, he's got his head shaved. Because he's, he's fully clean shaven, Colin. He's got, his whole dome is clean shaved, and then his face, he doesn't have a beard either. So I think that lends yourself to looking like a testicle. I think he looks like that look to me is like the the Gap or J Crew mannequin look, like the the store <laughs> mannequin. <laughs> My wife thinks Mulsey has uh, dreamy eyes, so I'll give him a compliment there as well because I don't want to just dox the poor fella. Colin, go. this was fun. What do you say we do it again on Monday? Monday it is at Fourth Down Steel, Fourth Down in the Steel City wherever you find your podcast. But if you're listening to this, well, you found it. So tell all your friends, find their podcast, Fourth Down in the Steel City. We love it. You love it. Uh, Everyone loves it. Episode three, episode four on Monday. Goodbye.